0: So good again to have all of you with us today. And uh, man, I'm I'm just really excited. We, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we are in our second week of a series that we've titled this month, Identity. And we're talking about in Christ realities. Now, if you're like, what the heck on earth is that? Uh, We're talking about who our true, what our true identity is. That that our true identity according to the word of God because of what God says about us and because of what Jesus did for us, right? And as we talked last week, the, the Bible's chock full of promises and scriptures that reveal our True identity, as we do if you do a deeper dive in the study of this topic there 's about one hundred and fifty five verses in the New Testament alone that deal with our identity in Christ. These are verses that are that may have the words "in him or in Christ or in whom or through whom right They, they, they should locate they should alarm us to say, "Oh wait. I can have access to this too if I'm in that spiritual position. And I got a lot of comments last week uh, after week one's message like, hey, do you have that list? Do you got 155 scriptures for me? And uh, I do. I actually uh, put together a Google document based on some other books and resources and materials. And I, I want to give that to you guys as just a tool and a resource. And so uh, if you go ahead and put that up on the screen here, I've, I know, sorry, it's techie. You're like, how do I get it? Um, if you've got a phone right now, uh, you can get out your camera app and take a picture of that QR code. If you watch this later on YouTube or Facebook uh, or you're online right now, they're going to put the link to this PDF uh, in, the, in the chat as well so you guys can get this. But this gives you those 155 in-him reality scriptures, all right? This is a tool for you to use beyond this series because as I've mentioned before, we are not preaching on all 155 and everybody said... Amen, right? We'd be here for days and weeks, right? Uh, And so we are going through a few of them as we go through each week, and we're going to pull those out. But this is a resource for you guys to take with you long after this series to really root yourself in your true identity. This is what God says about you. This is what his word says about you. And so I'm excited for you guys to have that. But um, like I said last week, I believe this uh, series on identity has the potential to completely change your life. To, to change your vision, to give you fresh vision, to change the, the way you think about yourself and others in the kingdom of God, that the, give you fresh perspective on who you really are. When you say yes to Jesus, what does that really mean and what, where does that place you in the kingdom and what spiritual residence or place do you have? And our, our key scripture for the entire series is found in Acts chapter 17, verse 28. We looked at it last week. I will, I will read it again. Paul says, uh, in him for in him we live and we move and we have our being. In Christ, in him we live and we move and we have our being. We, I like how the Passion Translation says it. We read this one last week too. It says, It is through him that we live and we function and we have our identity. In him we live, we function, and our identity is found in him. In who? In Christ. Our truest identity, this is the heartbeat of this series that we would all grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding of who we really are in Christ. What does that mean? Let that not just be a spiritual phrase or term, but let that become a reality in our life that we walk out and we live from that place daily. And so as we talked about last week, we, uh, to unlock our true identity, it's found in Christ. It has to be found in Christ, right? Right? And here's the deal, if we don't know who we are in Christ or we don't value and have confidence in who God is, right, if we don't have a good proper viewpoint and and perspective of who God is, any in him, 155 in him realities won't do a squat if we don't have confidence in the God that we're in, right? And so we, uh, we built our Godfidence last week, right? Amen. You guys, if for those of you guys that were here last week or watched online, God plus confidence equals Godfidence, right? We built our Godfidence and our confidence in God. Because why? Because we talked about how we have an identity crisis on our hands. Many of us and many people in the world, they get their identity by what they do. I'm a teacher. I'm a nurse, I'm a businessman, I'm a contractor, right? No, that's what you do, but that's not your true identity. That's not who you are, right? And so we talked, we talked about how uh, Satan is the world's leader in identity theft, right? How he's always trying to steal our identity. He's the father of lies and he speaks lies over us and tries to get us to take a false identity or a false package and make that our own. Which is why we need to rise up, right? And, and, and take our confidence to another level to realize, hey, I'm not going to live by the labels that the enemy puts on me. Amen. And so we talked about how we, when we rise up in confidence, number one, we'll know whose we are, right? Number two, we'll know who to boast in, which is the Lord, right? And number three, we'll walk in confidence. And so if you missed last week, I just really encourage you—that's kind of foundation setting as we get into this in Christ and in Him topic today, and further in this week and next week, and the last week of February. But today we're going to continue our journey in this study, in this topic, and we're going to answer the question, what does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to be in him or in Christ? Because that is where our true identity is found. And so the title of my message, if you're taking notes this morning, is simply in or out. Everyone say in or out. All right, now notice I said in or out. I didn't say in and out, all right, some of you guys thought we're getting our Super Bowl snack on a little bit earlier with the in and out burger, all right, there's no burgers this morning, all right, but I'm pretty sure there's some great snacks maybe in some of our futures tonight, amen, all right, I'm making you hungry already, but we are going to get a hearty meal from the Lord, I believe, this morning as we dive in to what he has for us, would you guys join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive from God's word and his spirit this morning, Father, we love you so much. We thank you that our identity can be found in you. Our truest identity is in you. But Lord, that can be confusing when we don't know what that is. And so Father, we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus to bring revelation, light, knowledge, and understanding to our spirit men today, that the light bulb would go on, that the dots would be connected, that things would click, and we begin to see ourselves as you see us, Lord God, rooted and deeply found in your son Jesus, in Christ. And what that means for us and what that means, unlocks and the potential in our life that is unlocked when we find ourselves and we take our spiritual position in you. Holy Spirit, move, speak, edify, exhort, correct, encourage today. May the gifts be in operation today. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said Amen. amen. In and out, in versus out. I think it's pretty easy to understand that there's a big difference between when you're in something... Or you're out of something, right? We could talk about different examples and analogies for days, but I'll, I'll make it more relevant for today, all right? Let's talk about the Super Bowl for like a couple minutes, all right? Someone's like, yeah, he hasn't mentioned the Super Bowl once, we're gonna get out of it. I hate football, right? Nope. <laughs> in or out, right? Today we know that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles are in Super Bowl 57, all right? Oh, we've had 57 of these things, right? The Detroit Lions, Are not in but they came close all right Uh, much better my Detroit my my Chicago Bears they, they suck they're horrible right they're not in right and all the other NFL teams they're out but but the Chiefs and the Eagles they're in right Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and their squads get to battle that. I hope it's, it seems like it's a pretty evenly matched squad. We'll, we'll, we'll find out tonight. But I'm really actually looking forward to a good competition. And uh, real quick, I got to take this because I didn't do it during welcome. How many are like go Chiefs? Let me see the Chiefs fans tonight. Okay. Uh, let me see the Eagles fans tonight. I see a little more Eagles. Right. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me see the food fans. The food fans tonight, the snacks, the appetizers, all right. Um, Commercials, anybody? Anybody really really excited for the commercials? (laughs) Halftime show? (laughs) Nope, sorry. Rihanna, all right. Um, And uh, how many of you guys just don't care? Let me see a show of hands. Like, let's just be honest. All right, cool, awesome. We we all can connect on some level today, right? But whether you care about football or not, I think you can kind of see the difference between being in and out, right? When it comes to this game, the in teams for the Super Bowl, mean, they are going to be in Arizona tonight, right? We are not right? If they're in the Super Bowl, that means these players are going to get to play on the biggest stage in the biggest game of the season tonight, right? And we know that because they're in, one team's going to come out on top a winner, right? And there's going to be MVP of the game. It's pretty easy to understand and explain, right? However, the topic of being in Christ or in Him, it's it's a little bit harder to grasp, I think, at first than this. So we're going to spend some time together for the remainder of our time today just really talking about what it means to be in Him. And I wanted to start out here just reading an excerpt that's something that just really helped Eric and I frame what it means to be in Him. Uh, it's, it's found by, there's an author by the name of Rick Renner. And uh, he's written a couple of devotional books uh, called Sparkling Gems. They're like 365 uh, day one-a-day devotionals. Rick Renner is an amazing and anointed Bible teacher and scholar. He's also a really awesome uh, person who knows the Greek meaning of words. He studied Greek for many years. And so the New Testament, its original form was written in Greek. So he takes some of these terms and he brings them to life in these daily devotionals. And uh, he did one on the term in the Lord or in him. And uh, I really want to just read you this excerpt because it's, it's a, a phrase that comes from the scripture from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you guys are familiar with that one, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And he, he's explaining what it means to be in the Lord. Let me read this for you. He says, the phrase in the Lord from Ephesians 6.10 is a Greek phrase that means that this special infusion of dynamic supernatural power can be found only in one place, in the Lord. The fact that Paul wrote about this particular Greek case is important because it tells us that the power is locked up in the presence of Jesus Christ and that it can't be found anywhere else. He goes on to say the same locative case that describes the power of God being locked up inside Jesus Christ is used nine other times in Ephesians chapter one, where Paul uses it to declare that we are perpetually and infinitely locked up inside the person of Jesus Christ. In verses 3, 4, 6, 7, 10 twice, 11, and 13 twice, Paul says that we are in him, in Christ, in whom, or in the beloved. Because these phrases are in the locative case, Paul is saying we actually have been placed inside Jesus Christ. He has become our realm of existence and the place of our habitation. And he goes on and says, just as you and I live in a physical address, you also have a spiritual address. You permanently reside in the Son of God. He is your permanent home, a home from which you will never move because you are locked up and securely placed inside him perpetually. May we not be, we may, may not be mentally aware of it, but we are constantly rubbing elbows with this divine power on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-by-minute basis. You are surrounded by God's supernatural power right now. At this very moment, you are immersed in that divine power. Amen? As an excerpt from page 125 and 126 in volume one of the Sparkling Gems by Rick Renner. I think that that gets me all excited. I was like, holy cow, there's a lot packed into that phrase in him or in the Lord, right? What can we learn? What's some of our takeaways here? I want to make it easy for you. In him, let's define that a little bit. In him, it is a locative case. It's a location, right? It, it meant, uh, Rick Renner studied it out for us, it meant perpetually and infinitely locked up inside the person of Christ. We are locked up in Christ. That is good news for us, right? We actually have been placed inside of Jesus Christ. A lot of us focus on when we get saved, Jesus comes to live on the inside of us. And that is true because he physically is and he's doing that by the Holy Spirit. But we must not forget our spiritual address that when we put our faith and trust in Christ and we're in him, we are actually in Christ, amen? Amen. He's in us and we're in him. We abide in him, he abides in us. That's how him and the father roll. And that's how when we are connecting with our purpose and our identity, that's how that relationship needs to be. Real tight and real locative, right? The in him is our realm of existence. It's our place of habitation, right? And I love that last phrase, in him is our spiritual address. Our spiritual address. We all have a physical address. You might live here or there or you've lived different places at one time. Where is your spiritual address? And may it be found in Christ, right? And because of that spiritual address, there's some benefits at that spiritual address. And I wanna talk about one of the greatest benefits when we put our life in Christ, and it's because it's called righteousness, amen? Let me talk about righteousness for a second here. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, To become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. God made him, Jesus, Jesus didn't know any sin, right? God made him sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him, right? There's an in him scripture. That's one on that list that you guys got. It's an in him reality. We have become the righteousness of God in him. Now, what does that mean? Let's define this real quick. There's two, there's a definition of rightness. I'm going to give you two. All right, the first one is this. The ability to stand before God, free from guilt or inferiority, as if sin never existed. Doesn't that sound good? The ability, our ability to stand before God as if with no shame, as if our stupid thing that we did or that habit or that addiction, as if it never even existed. Oh, right? Another way to phrase righteousness of God in Christ is this, simply right standing with God. You and God are tight. You're cool with God. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how we talk about it in our normal, like we good. God's not mad at me. I'm not mad at him. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Have we blown it? Yes. Have we screwed up royally? Absolutely. Every single one of us. Does God see it when we're in Christ? No. When we take our spiritual address, when we're in Christ, he does not see it. And we can stand boldly with confidence, not, oh, gosh, I hope I'm not going to get smited or wiped out or or you're going to whack me with a stick or whatever. God, no. We can come in boldly into his presence and receive whatever we need in our time of need because of his grace, because of his mercy. Amen? And so this changes everything, right? Standing with God, being able to stand in his presence without shame or guilt or inferiority as if sin never existed, that changes some stuff for us, right? All because of our position or address in Christ. And this is something that we got to get down on the inside of us. It's not like a one and done, kind of hear it and leave. You got to meditate on this to get that spiritual address relocated and in Christ, right? It's, it's one of the reasons we study this topic. It says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So we got to get it not just in our head, but we got to get it down in our heart, our real spirit man, right? We got to have revelation knowledge of the fact that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, right? We want to be in on these in him realities, right? We don't want to be out. or We want our identity, like Rick Renner said, to be locked up in Christ, amen? If there's one place you want to be locked up, it's in Christ, all right? Nowhere else you want to be locked up or bound, but if you're in Christ and you're locked up, you're locked up in a really good spiritual position. And, and the first way we can start applying this in him reality, this spiritual address, is simply by renewing our minds to what it truly means to live in him. And so for the remainder of our time here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all over the place here. I'm gonna do my best to get us done here in the next 15, 20 minutes. But, but seriously, uh, I'm gonna give you four things, four ways to renew our mind to live in him, four ways. Because I believe it starts right here. We need a renewing of mind. We might be saved and know Jesus, but how many of you guys know we have to renew our mind by the word? That's our responsibility. Jesus does the saving. He does the redeeming. He does the washing. He does the cleaning, right? He does all that, but we have to do the renewing, right? Because before we received Jesus, we thought a certain way. Just because we received Jesus doesn't mean our mind automatically changes. The enemy still comes with those thoughts. The enemy still comes with those temptations. The enemy still wants you to be that person that you were before Christ. We have to renew that, amen? And so we got to renew our mind to the fact that we are in him, And to take that position. So we're going to do that today. The first one is this, number one, have confidence in his righteousness. Everyone say his. His righteousness. Remember last week we looked at Paul's perspective on this and we're going to look at it again. Philippians chapter 3 verses 8 and 9. Paul says, yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, That I may gain Christ and be found in who? In him. He said, yo, I found my spiritual address. Everything else is rubbish and junk. It's all about being found in him, right? Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. And so in verse 9 here of this passage, we see two kinds of righteousness outlined that Paul talks about. The first one is righteousness that comes by the law or by good works, by what we do, right? And I'm thankful that this is not the righteousness that we have to attain to anymore, amen? Back in the Old Testament, under the old law and the old covenant, you had to do it right, and if you didn't, boom, you know, you're in trouble. Jesus came to fulfill the law, amen? We don't have to be worried about do's and don'ts. We need to worry about our relationship with Jesus and following his word. And when we do that, it will take care of all the rest. Amen. He made it real simple. But that's the first part of righteousness, the first type. It's by the law or by our own good works. Praise God. That will never get us there. Number two, the real righteousness we're after and that we have access to because of what Jesus did is, number two, the righteousness that is available through the grace by Christ Jesus. Because of grace, we can be made right. We can have right standing. Us and God can be cool, even though we've acted a fool. Amen. All right, Dr. Seuss, write that down. All right, sorry. Um, You all good? Everybody awake? All right. Sometimes you're like, whoop. All right, so what is God's righteousness like? That's a big, holy, scary, intimidating Christianese word, right? right. What the heck is righteousness? It's, it's God's character. It's its attribute. It's its substance. It's his quality. It's purity in the purest form. It's It's the most holy and upright condition. What's our righteousness like when we try to get there? Well, Isaiah 54, 6 kind of hits you on the chin a little bit. I don't know if you like those verses or not. Sometimes you get a little chippy, right? A little cheap shot, but uh, it's the truth, right? The word of God sets us free and it's the truth. Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all like an unclean thing and all of our, everyone say our, all of our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. Yikes. So all of our best efforts to be holy and awesome and godly and all that, God says through his word are like filthy rags. Which tells me we need help. We cannot do what he's called us to do. We cannot be who we're called to be. We cannot have our true identity unless it's found in him. Right? Because our righteousness are junk. But his righteousness is perfect and holy and awesome and powerful. Right? So do you see when we're, when we're out of out? of Christ, and we're not living our life according to his plan and his word, we're in a dangerous area over here, right? But when we get in Christ, when we step into our spiritual address, when we take our spiritual authority and position, we have access to a lot of amazing things, amen? That's good news for us as believers. Let's look at uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 again, the verses we just read. But out of the Amplified Classic version, it gives some more words, right? They like to say that the Amplified version's the women's uh, translation because there's, there's more words. Sorry, that's a really bad joke. My wife's not here. I could say that and not get in trouble. Um, if she's going to watch it online, I'm going to be in the doghouse, right? Um, just girls talk more, right? Like, like, have you ever been to a hangout and the guys are over there just grunting, right? And, you know, like grunting. And the girl's like... It's like, whoa, how can you talk so much, right? It's how God made you. Don't fight it, just lean into it. Guys talk by grunting and doing things together, shared experiences, fishing, hunting, doing stuff. Women chat, connect by relationship and talking, right? Sorry, that's another series for another day. I don't know why I'm talking about that, but all right, here we go. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Paul says, yes, furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, and the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it to be all mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may gain or win Christ the anointed one, and that I may actually be found and known as in him, not having self-achieved righteousness that can be called by my own based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God thus acquired. But he goes on and says, but possessing that genuine righteousness, which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. powerful stuff, right? Just looking at the same verses in a different translation brings sometimes it more to life. We have to get to the point where our mind is so renewed that we understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ, right? That we are in him. We have a new spiritual position. Our spiritual address was a different one before we received Jesus. But when we put our faith and trust in him and make him Lord and Savior of our life, we have a new spiritual address. And there's some new way of living that happens at that address, right? The true revelation of all this brings real humility, and it brings a privilege it talks about. Paul said it's the privilege of knowing this kind of righteousness and living from this kind of righteousness. It's all because of Jesus' sacrifice for us. This isn't our righteousness, it's his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in him. Not in Eric, not in David, not in Jason, in Jesus, Amen? In Jesus, we have this right standing with God. And so I don't know about you guys, but I I get fired up when I start meditating on this and I start reading this and I start speaking this, right? Some of us need to rise up and and begin to start speaking our true identity of like what we see in God's word, right? That that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Let's do this. Would you repeat this after me? Say, "I I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Say this, I have right standing with God. Say this, I can stand before God without shame as if sin never existed. That is some good news on a Sunday morning. Amen. You got to say that a couple more times over until it starts, to. uh, I am the righteous. And all of a sudden like the 30th time, yeah, I got it. You just got to keep confessing until it gets down on the inside. Amen. So it starts going off like an alarm on the inside. Yes, that's who I am. The real you, the you behind your eyeballs, your spirit man that's recreated when you get saved, that comes alive when you start speaking God's word like that. And that's your true identity. So are you in or are you out? Let's be in, amen? Number two way that we can renew our mind to live in him. Number two is we are righteous right now, not later. just want to clear something up real quick. You are righteous right now, not later. Sometimes I think we disqualify ourselves from God's righteousness by thinking we're gonna. It's gonna take a while for us to receive it, because Pastor, you don't know. You don't know my past. You know what I what I've been addicted to. You don't know the bad things I've done or seen or or said or heard or all of these things. So it's, it, yeah, I know that's good. That's awesome. Righteousness is for me. Right standing with God's for me. But you you, you you don't know. It's gonna take a little while for me. I'm a, I'm a project. Do I have any projects in the room this morning? Come on, should be raising all of our limbs, right? Doing jumping jacks up here. We're all a piece of work, aren't we? We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says, right? Righteousness later is not what the Bible teaches us. Has anyone, gosh, uh, weekly, daily, you blow it, right? Has anybody blown it before? Let's just be real and honest. Let's not, right, there's no perfect people allowed in this church, amen? All right, if you are, go to the one down the road, all right? Because that's not the spirit we're after. Come on, we all are a work in progress, praise God. But we need to remind ourselves what God's word says. And in my go-to verse, when I'm feeling shame, when I'm feeling down, when I feel like I've blown it, when I feel like I've missed it, your verse that you need to get back to every time is 1 John 1.9. First, not the gospel of John, but 1 John, near the end of the New Testament. 1 John 1, 9. And in that passage of scripture, if you're not familiar with it, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess it, he'll take care of it. Amen. If we'll bring it to him, he'll wipe us clean and he will give us his righteousness. Amen. He will give us victory and a place of breakthrough that we cannot attain in our own manner. That is good news. It doesn't say that he'll cleanse us later. He doesn't say he'll cleanse us eventually from our unrighteousness. No, he says he will do it right now. It's present tense. That verse is present tense. That means when we confess, he gets going on it. And he starts cleaning us. Amen. I don't know about you guys. that, That lifts me. That lifts my spirits and my confidence in who God is. Because the common view is, well, pastor, I'll be righteous when I die and go to heaven. Well, yeah, you will, but man, could you you have it now before you get there? Does God want you to have a relationship like that with him and a confidence in him right now? I believe so. I see it all over the word of God. Amen. We got to open up that package from that spiritual address and see what's being sent there from the word of God. There's some really great benefits that we have access to, right? And so now is the time to open up those deeper levels. Don't wait till you get there. Jesus died way more for us to have just fire assurance. All right, oh, I just want to go to hell. That's awesome. That's a great start. But he wants you to live a little bit of heaven here on earth. When you start to get into your true identity of who you are, you can rule and reign as a king on this earth. Not because of your boasting and your pride and your skill. Because of him, the king of kings who lives in us, and we now are locked up in him. Amen? We have access to all of this. Say, I'm in Christ, and I'm forgiven now. Say, in Christ, I'm cleansed now. Say, in Christ, I am righteous now. Amen? We gotta know that we've been made righteous and we need to live from the spiritual position, right? That spiritual location, that frame of mind every single day, we gotta renew ourselves. And this leads us to the next way we can renew our minds to live in him. It's number three, be righteousness conscious, not sin conscious. Say what? (laughs) Be righteousness or right standing with God conscious, not sin conscious. Let's talk about sin consciousness for a second because I think this is the one we default to. It's being more aware of your being more aware of your sinfulness than of your righteousness in Christ. It is when the majority of your thought patterns are guilt and not freedom. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been in a spiritual season like that? I think we all have experienced that. Oh, I'm just a loser, man. I'm just nobody, I'm a worm. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I keep going back to that. Jesus set me free from that. I've already been to the altar for that. I've confessed, my sin. why do I keep doing this? Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. He relates with us, right? Sin consciousness can cause you to have a sense or a feeling of unworthiness, that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up, that you don't have what it takes. You begin to pair, compare yourself to other people. And it makes you depressed. It makes you sad. You get shameful. You get guilty. It can destroy your faith, right? You start looking. It whittles your faith away. You start looking at your circumstances instead of the truth of the word of God. And your doctrine and your faith and belief in God is based on, is it going good in my life or is it not going good in my life, right? No, God never changes. He's always good, amen? Our circumstances might be good or bad, but that doesn't change the fact that our Father is good, amen? It can make your prayers ineffective when you have sin consciousness going on, right? Because if you feel like a worm, do you feel like running in joyfully to the presence of God to receive anything you need? No, you're like, I don't, I'm not even worthy to pray right now. Have you ever felt like that before? God, I don't, I don't think I'm qualified to pray and ask you for that right now because of the way I've been acting or the way I've been thinking, right? We, we put ourselves in timeout box even when God hasn't. You know what I'm saying? It can rob us of our relationship with God. When we're more concerned about our sin, we want to distance ourselves. Remember when Adam and Eve in the garden, they ate the apple and they shouldn't. God said, where are you? Why? Because they were hiding. They ran. It, sin separates you from the Father, Right? And it'll rob you of your peace. That peace that God wants to fill your heart and mind, it will take that away from you because you're constantly like, I don't know if me and God are good. And that's a scary place to be, right? And so sin consciousness, it's a disease. It's bad. But here's what I know: diseases can be cured by the truth. Amen? Diseases can be eradicated by the truth. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17, 17 through 21. Let's look at this. Verse 17, game changer. Therefore. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled to us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of God. Of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for you, that you might become the righteousness of God in him. Guys, we are made new in Christ. Jesus was made sin for us. Jesus took the penalty for our sin, right? We shouldn't be conscious and aware of it as much as we are because Jesus already took care of it, amen? It is a real deal. And we can't look sin aside and stiff arm and ignore it. When the Holy Spirit's saying confess or bring it, you need to be obedient to that. I'm not preaching that message where it's like, just forget about sin altogether. No, no, no. It's just, you don't need to be so aware of it, more aware than who you are in Christ, God, righteousness conscious versus sin consciousness. We need to be more on that end of the spectrum where we know how right we've been made with God versus how wrong we think we are. Does that make sense? Is it starting to click a little bit? To live and to move and have our identity from that place of who we are in Christ. Man, righteousness consciousness. Are we in or are we out? And if we've been struggling with the sin consciousness, let this be a reminder and a refresher today Start meditating on what God says about you. Start meditating on what God's word says about you, who you are, who you, what you can do, what you can have access to because of what he's done. Don't dwell in, the, uh, don't dwell in your sin. Dwell in the one who forgave you of your sin. Amen? Right? Don't, don't focus on the failure. Focus on the one who is taking care of your failure. Amen? Right, don't, don't get all worked up and, and sit in that shame, but instead stand up and be confident of who you are in Christ, because God's not being shameful towards you, amen. It changes the way you walk, the way you think, the way you act. You get a little, little confident swagger about you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I might be a mess, but man, God has made me a masterpiece, amen. I might have been tested and tried, but, man, I have a testimony because what God has done for me, right? I might have screwed up, but my God loves me, and he made me the righteousness of God in him. And so I have right standing with God. I don't deserve it. I didn't do anything to achieve it. I can't get myself to heaven, but I know the one who can. Amen? And I put my faith and I put my trust in him. You got to get in him, and you got to get confident of who you are in Christ. Somebody shout in here if you know that's a good word. Praise God in Christ, in him. This will fire you up in the morning. You don't need coffee when you're in him. Tell you what. Number four, you guys good? Number four, way to renew your mind to live in him. Number four, remember to put on your new identity. Remember to put on your new identity. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Paul says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's that renewing that we're doing and that we need to constantly do. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness, right? We need to renew our mind. We need to wipe out that sin consciousness from our mind. We need to stop focusing on that. We need to focus on God, right? And we need to put on, what do we put on? We put on the new man. For anyone who is in Christ Christ, the old is gone; the new has come. You are a new creature. Some translations of that verse say you're an entirely new species. You're not who you were used to be before Christ. You've been saved, sanctified, redeemed, delivered, and put into the family of God, into the kingdom of light. You are no longer that person. Now, your brain and your mind wants to think like you did, and your mouth still wants to talk like you did, and your body still wants to do some of those things, but that's why the word of God must be in our lives to renew our mind. But that's not who you are anymore. You're a new creation in Christ. This is good news. This takes church and makes it not boring, amen? This, like, actually changes your life today, makes you come alive unto who God has made you. You put on God's righteousness. You put on holiness, right? You walk in them. You put on your true identity in Christ. Question for you. Do your clothes put themselves on you in the morning? That would be pretty cool if they did, Right? Time to wake up, right? I feel like there's a movie or a superhero scene where it just just straps up. But you you have to put on your pants. You got to put on your socks. Hopefully, you put on some underwear, right? Put on your jacket or your coat, right? You got to put it on. There's some effort there. Parents of young kids, you get this. Like, it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get your kids to put on their clothes, right? Like, I'm like, dude, we got five minutes, so we got to get to school. And you're running around half naked around the house eating Captain Crunch. Like, like, bro, we got to get going here, all right? Like, the clothes don't put themselves on your body. You got to do it. You got to do it, right? Some of your parents know what I'm talking about. Where's the shoe? I don't care. Give them one sandal and give them one flip-flop. I'll give them, give them a Nike and give them a boot. Like, just make sure they're, you know, no, shoe, no shoes, no shirt, no service, right? Like, we've got all the key pieces here. They may not match. <laughs> you got to put on your identity in Christ. You got to put on that new man. The same is true for your identity of Christ. have got to put it on. Right? We have to have our minds renewed to that spiritual address. We have to be found and rooted in the confidence of who we are in him. And we have to put that on daily. Because when we walk out of these doors, when we walk out in our house, when we walk into our community, when we walk into our job place, they don't celebrate what we're talking about. They don't stand for what we stand for. They'll speak against you, they'll, they'll label you, they'll tell you, you can't, and you can't have this, and you can't do that, and that's not how that works, and this, all that, but that doesn't change the word of God. So we gotta keep putting on the truth of the identity, even when it gets hard, even when it gets dark. But here's what I've found, you can get really depressed when you start thinking about the culture we live in, or you can rise up and say, you know what? we have a great opportunity to shine brighter than we've ever been before. Because when it gets darker, and we're the light, and we have the light of the Lord living inside of us, guess what happens? We burn burn brighter. There's people that are desperate and they need what we're talking about today. They need need hope for their life. They need purpose and identity for their life. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't really know what I'm called to do or why I'm here, but somehow I got invited here. I stumbled in here. Man, I've been kind of wayward and me and God haven't really been tight and cool like you've been talking about. Man, you're here for a reason because God loves you and he's got a purpose and a plan for your life. He wants you to experience who you really are in him and walk from that place. And so we got to live from that position of confidence of just who we are in Christ. Put it on, put it on. Can I share like three in hymns with you just so I can kind of check off my list that we covered a few of them today, all right? We're all over the place. In hymn scriptures, scriptures that are on that PDF that will have linked to the the online service and uh, that QR code that hopefully you scan. If not, we'll get that to you in the weekly email this week. Romans chapter eight, verse one. Here's an in Christ verse. I just want to speak the word of God over you this morning as we close. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Zero condemnation from the Lord. No shame, no guilt. When you are in Christ, He's not disappointed in you. He's not bad-mouthing you. He's not slandering you. He's not slamming you. He's not talking smack about you. The enemy, the father of lies, the punk who's been defeated, he talks a mad game, but he has no power to back it. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. So stay in Christ and be free from shame, be free from the guilt, right? Right? When we're in Christ, there's no condemnation. When we're out of Christ, there's some condemnation. It's hard to face that in our own power and our own strength. That's why we need Jesus' help. Let's look at an in him verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This is such good news. In him. Out of him, we don't have much. It doesn't look very good for us. There's not much hope when we're out of him, right? But when we're in him, we have redemption. Redemption means the act of ransom in full. Jesus bought us back. We were supposed to die. We were supposed to go to hell. We were the sinners. He didn't have any sin in his life, but he willingly took our sin on him and he ransomed us. He bought us back by his own blood so that we don't have to go where we belong to go. He took our place. Talk a little bit more about this next week, the whole process of substitution, <laughs> how Jesus took our place and what that exchange gives for you and I. You're not gonna wanna miss that one, but man, you've, you've been redeemed and you've been forgiven of your sins and you have God's grace in your life in him. And also get through him. Romans chapter eight, verse 37, it says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Guys, through Christ, we're conquerors, and the Bible says not just conquerors. I'm mean, be like, I'll, I'll take a conquering like spirit. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Conquering sounds pretty good, right? More than conquerors, more like conquering's pretty sweet. That means you're kicking butt and taking names. More than a conqueror, like what does that mean? Can't stop me in Christ. Can't keep me down in all these things. And before that, I was talking about uh, slanderings and whippings and persecutions and all this all the junk that the world, the enemy throws at you. Paul says, by the Spirit of God, yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. You're more than a conqueror than that circumstance right now that is staring you down, laughing in your face and saying, where's your God? I don't see him. He's not moving. He's not coming through. Guess what? You're more than a conqueror in him. Stay in him. Oh, you'll never get over that habit. You'll never get over that sin. You'll never get over that situation. That's what the devil says. That's what the world says. But in Christ, we are more than conquerors through him. Somebody rise up and take your place in Christ today and say, I'm done with that. I ain't going back to that. Not in my own willpower, but because of His power. Amen? Some of you, you might be experiencing sickness in your body and the doctor's report does not look good. Your family members are speaking junk over your life and your health. But you're more than a conqueror through Christ. You don't have to receive that package. Amen? That's what it means. It's hard to explain in one sentence what it means to be in Christ. You guys catching this? Like, we could go 40 more weeks on this. we got two more, all right? So I'm trying to build each week, but I pray that today we are encouraged to stay in Christ, not out. Are we in or are you out? Because when you're in, woo, doesn't mean life will be perfect. It's just you're more than conquerors of any crap that comes your way. Come on, somebody. You have a rejoicing spirit. You have a victorious spirit. You don't have to, be, oh, man, I can't wait till Jesus comes back until then it's going to be rough going to barely get by. I don't know where God's at. No, no, he doesn't want us to live that way. I know a lot of Christians that live that way. I believe Jesus died for way more than that. And, and he's given us access by faith, confidence through access and faith through him, right, that we have. We just have to receive it by faith and take it and begin to renew our mind. So this is not a one and done message. This is a shoe on this one. Get that, get that worksheet that we got and start writing ones in favorites, highlighting your Bible, start putting up note cards all over the place. When you wake up in the morning and you feel like junk, you say, I am the righteousness of God in him. I haven't done anything to earn it, but I am here and I'm in you. I'm in that spiritual address. And because of that, Christ lives in me and I live in him, amen? And so I can have what he says I can have, amen? Would you repeat this with me real quick? Would you say this? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do, and I can have what God says I can have in him. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you for the truth of your word. Your word does the heavy lifting. Your word is enough. Lord, as we've dived into your word for a little bit this morning, Lord, I thank you for life change. I thank you for heart transformation. I thank you for revelation, light, knowledge, and understanding. I thank you that light bulbs are going on all over the place in our spirit. I thank you that dots are being connected. Broken connections are being restored. Father, that we are beginning to see ourselves in our true identity, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Like Paul said, Father God, that Jesus, we live from a place of identity found in you. Not in what we do, not what pays the bills. That's great. You've anointed us. You've blessed us. You've given us the wisdom and talent to do that. That's not who we are. Our identity is in you. And from that place of in Christ, of in him, may we live May we function and may we have our identity in you. Would you lead us and guide us to these in him realities that we need to meditate on? Even this week, that part of our devotional time, we could get out that worksheet and and dive into some of those and really chew on it, to meditate, to to confess it, to memorize it, to speak it to ourselves, to mutter it to ourselves and get it down on the inside. Because Father God, we thank you that there are people out there that need this hope. We need this hope. So Father, do a work in us and let us be a light to those who need it. Father, we thank you that we take our spiritual address and another step into that place found only in you today. May you continue to lead us and guide us in our last two weeks of this identity series on building our faith of who we are in you. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Did I make any sense today? Did you guys get something today? This, this topic is not an easy one to teach on, but man, it is so foundational. I hope you guys are seeing the importance of this. We need to know who we are in him because it changes the game on everything, amen? Hey, real quickly as we close today, i never like to end service without an Im- invitation. And it's simply this, are you in or are you out with Jesus? It's that simple. Are you in or are you out? Do you know him? Or do you not know him? And if you don't know him, it's okay. God has already done everything to make that relationship possible with him through his death, burial, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. We, we looked at this verse last week, John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. By confessing Jesus as Lord of your life, you can become and be made a child of God. You can be taken from your current spiritual address, which is separated from God, which is wayward from God. If we don't believe in Jesus, even if we're a great person, even if we do great things for people, community, but we don't know Jesus, that's a dangerous spiritual location. But Jesus already took care of everything. And he said, I want to move you into me, into in him, in me, in Christ. And we do that by faith, by confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. When we do that we change spiritual locations we become that new creation in christ and then these in him realities can actually make sense to us and they can actually do something for us amen so your first step isn't to memorize 155 verses it's simply to say jesus i love you i need you i make you the lord of my life amen so if everybody just bow your head and close your eyes out of reverence of this moment no one looking around and if you're online and you're joining us and this is for you too, I just I want you to lean into this moment, stop all distractions where you're at and where you're watching this, tune in. If you're in a room with people and you need to remove yourself uh, just to have a moment with the Lord, go ahead and do that right now. If you're here today and you wanna get in with Jesus, you wanna start a relationship, maybe church has been religious or religion to you, but you, you want that heartfelt relationship with him. Would you take him up on his invitation today he's not going to ruin your life (laughs) we're not going to call you up or call you out or embarrass you i just want to know if there's anybody i can join my faith with today to to receive jesus as your lord and savior with everybody uh, not looking around heads bowed eyes closed if that's and you want to be joined in this prayer we're all about to pray in a second would you just slip up your hand so i know who i'm talking to today if that's for you and you want to receive jesus praise god see that hand thank you jesus would you guys repeat this prayer after me would you say heavenly father Thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life and help me realize my spiritual address in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.